Welcome to the Restoration Church weekly podcast. Please take a minute to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to download the Church Center app. This is the best way to stay connected and up to date with all that's happening at Restoration Church. Most importantly, we hope the following message will help draw you closer to Christ. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you've been with us during this series, Jesus for Grownups, you'll know that we've been saying this a lot. We say this almost every single week of the series that our proximity to Jesus. Now, let's think about this for a minute. Our proximity to Jesus will directly affect the health of our relationships. I know that's true. I believe that you've experienced that as well. The closer we get to Jesus, the more like him we become, the more right I don't know, is that, a, the, is that a, an appropriate word of saying that? The more right, the better, the healthier, the more right our relating to one another will be. Now, this doesn't just magically happen, though. Like, you know, you, oh, I, I said a prayer, I said a prayer, and I, um, I'm committed to following Jesus now, and now all of my relationships are going to be healthy. It's not a magical process that takes place. I want to map this out for you real quick. Here, here's the bottom line, friends. We are selfish by nature. That is the sinful nature. That's the essence of the sinful nature. We have the self-reigning hearts that seek our own good, our own security, our own advancement at the sake of others. And selfishness then, by nature, hurts. And not only hurts other people, it also hurts us. This is why there is strife in your relationships. It's because there's selfishness in your relationships. Because you see your time and your energy and your resources and your words and your thoughts to be used for you, to benefit you, to advance you, they're for you. And you see other people then as getting in the way of your advancement and what might feel good to you and what might be good for you. You see other people getting in the way of you. And so selfishness is always going to hurt and it's always going to hurt others. Now, we're not sociopaths, of course. So we don't do this completely. It's not like selfishness breaks down relationships completely. But the reason there is strife in your relationships is because selfishness exists within your relationships. Either you or the other is being selfish. And now coming to Jesus, right? When we come to Jesus, this means that we are dying to our sinful nature. We are surrendering our selfishness. We're surrendering our self-reign. It's just two different ways of essentially saying the same thing. Coming to Jesus isn't about saying a prayer so you can get to heaven. Some of you believe that at some point in your journey. Somebody asked you to say a prayer so that you could get to heaven and you could escape hell. And that was your fire insurance. And you said that prayer and it didn't do anything to you. And it didn't change anything. Coming to Jesus isn't about saying a prayer so that you can get to heaven. If coming to Jesus does not impact your present reality, then you have not effectively come to Jesus. Now, that's a hard word, and I get that. But again, it's not a magical process. Because some of you are like, you know what? I I came to Jesus, and I was contrite, and I was repentant, and I emptied myself. And I came before that cross, and I kneeled, and I confessed my sins, and I laid it all out there. And I woke up the the next day, and I was still selfish. And it didn't feel like a whole lot had changed, and I get that. For some people, it's a radical change, right? They they feel the, the scales fall off their eyes, and they have a Paul experience where their life is radically changed and radically transformed. But for most of us, it's like, you know what? I said that prayer and I was contrite and it was honest and it was true. And I don't know, was something supposed to happen? 
I don't feel all that different. But here's what happens. And this is the language in Scripture. Scripture uses to describe this. When we come to Jesus, when we surrender our own self-reign kingdoms, the, the scripture calls it a, like a tree. It describes it as a tree. And that tree of my own self-reigning kingdom has been cut down. And in its place, we are told that a seed of God's kingdom is planted in its place. God doesn't replace the tree of my own self-reigning kingdom with the tree, in other words, of his self-reigning kingdom. He he, he replaces it with a seed. He plants a seed in the fertile ground that is that is that is developed from, from the tearing out of the tree of my own self-reigning kingdom. But it's a seed, right? It's a seed marked by love. It's a seed marked by self-sacrifice. It's a tree marked by service for others. And it may begin small, but as it is cultivated, Jesus says that we are to carry our cross, not one time at Bible camp in seventh grade, not just on Sunday mornings, no. Carry your cross every single day, and that daily, that word is not even just day by day, but it's moment by moment. We are to surrender constantly we are to cultivate this the growth of god's kingdom within us constantly by being in community like this or signing up for groups or being in god's word or being in prayer or finding mentors or or having other people speak into our lives a constant surrender of that self-reigning kingdom and when that happens that seed will begin to grow to an overwhelming size jesus says So large, in fact, that all the people of the world will find their home within God's kingdom as well. That when I am changed and I am transformed and God's kingdom grows up within me, it's not just for my sake, it's for the sake of the world. So let me reiterate. The reason there is strife in your relationships is because you or someone you are relating to is far from Jesus. Jesus tells us then that his life in us is marked by service. The life of Jesus in us is marked by service. Another way of speaking of dying to our sinful life and practicing love is to mark yourself at the back of the line, not fighting to be at the front of the line. Mark yourself to where the servants are, not to where the leaders are. Bend low, get up off your butt and serve someone. Go above and beyond what is expected. Get low, get dirty, be a foot washer. That is what it means to love, Jesus would say. That is what it means to be self-sacrificial. That is what it means to model Christ. And that is the fruit of God's kingdom, he would say. Unconditional service. Not, I'll serve you if I get something in return. I'll serve you if it's good for me. I'll serve you if you serve me back. It's not, you know, I'll serve you if I'm recognized for the service. No, it's simply service for the sake of making someone else's moment better. Giving of yourself, simply giving yourself away, giving of yourself, self-sacrificing, simply for the betterment of other people. One note that's important to recognize is that the self-sacrificial love and self-sacrificial life is a God is a fruit of God's spirit in us. It is not the fruit of our own willpower. It's not like I'm just going to try harder. I'm just going to do more. I'm just going to, I'm just going to conjure up the strength within me. This is the fruit of God's spirit. And that is why surrendering so that God's spirit can be planted in us is so important. And so our consistent prayer as Jesus followers, we talk about this all the time. God, make this less about me and more about Jesus. God, make this less about me and more about Jesus. God, make, make this less about me and more about the person next to me. Make this less about me and more about the person that I'm serving. 
Make that your constant prayer and you will discover strength and power to do things that you never thought were imaginable. Make that your constant prayer and you will discover profound and generous and radical ways to love people. You'll find yourself living as you were created to live and in that abundant life will begin to well up from you and you'll find a, 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 an abundant source of joy begin to overflow from within you. And who doesn't want that? Jesus speaks about this reality often in the Gospels, but today we're going to look at one story in particular in the Gospel of Mark. And so if you have your scripture with you today, you're welcome to turn to Mark chapter 10. Otherwise, the words will be on the screen for you. Here's what we're told as Jesus begins this conversation of a life of service. The Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. He's walking with his disciples. They're heading towards Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And as he's talking along, he's saying, by the way, guys, when we get there, they're going to take me, they're going to arrest me, they're going to beat me, and they're eventually going to kill me. Okay? Son of Man will be delivered over to the priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. But three days later, he will rise. And perhaps they thought he was talking about someone else. Perhaps they didn't hear what he said. Perhaps they were too preoccupied with their own assumption of what was going to take place. And they dismissed what he had just said here. Because nobody threw a fuss. Nobody thought this was odd. Nobody thought we should protest. Say, Jesus, what are you talking about? You're going to die. You're going to be killed. You're going to be mocked and spit on and flogged. That seems odd, Jesus. What are you talking about? Rather, James and John begin to argue about which of them will be in charge when Jesus is finally sitting on his throne because they had a very um, clear impression of what the Messiah was supposed to do. We are going to Jerusalem to overthrow the Romans. Jesus will sit back upon the throne of David to reestablish Israel's golden age. And so they think, hey, we're going to Jerusalem. We didn't hear what Jesus just said about the, the dying thing. We didn't hear any of that. We just thought, hey, sword in our hands, we're going to we're going to Rome, we're going to Jerusalem, we're going to overthrow the Romans. James and John begin to argue about which of them then will sit next to Jesus when he is sitting on his throne. Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. See, they wanted the best seats in the kingdom. The places of authority and power to rule and to reign over everybody else. And so when the other ten disciples hear that James and John are claiming the two best seats, they become indignant, we're told. What makes you so special that you should have the best seats? You're not that great, right? No, you should be sitting next to me. I should be in that seat. I'm better than you. I'm a better leader. I'm a better communicator. I have more confidence. I have more courage. I should be in that seat. What makes you so great that you should be in that seat? Nobody would ever listen to you. You're not a king. You can't rule. And you know how these little things escalate, right? Because you see it all the time in your households and in your relationships. You see how these things escalate. One man calls another man a liar. And in return, that man curses out the other person's mother. And then eventually they're spitting on each other and they're throwing fists and they're brawling down in the gutter. Now, this isn't a drunken brawl, but it's kind of got that spirit about it. You have no right to reign over me because I should be reigning over you. This selfishness is at the heart of every conflict. This is why your marriage is in shambles. This is why your kids are estranged. This is why war break out. Sometimes our self-reigning actions are minor firecrackers. Sometimes they're like nuclear bombs. And when other people's selfish actions bump up against our selfish actions, we go to war. When your kingdom bumps up against my kingdom, we go to war. Which of us is going to be king is the question. 
And so Jesus, right, he's on the outside. He's listening to his 12 best friends squabble about who's going to be the greatest in his kingdom. And he says, gentlemen, you know that those who are regarded as rulers and Gentiles, they lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Right? You have an idea of what authority means, in other words. You have examples given to you of those in power. They use their power to get others to serve them and so that they can get what they want. But you need to know that whenever power comes from above, power will always crush those underneath it. If power comes down from above, it will always crush those beneath it. It will always suppress those beneath it. And so please understand this. When you use your power, whether in pride or selfishness or stubbornness and your strength, the people that you use that against will always walk away bruised and hurting in your relationship. But Jesus comes along and says, no, 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 not so with you. That's not how we're to behave. That's not how we're to live. These are, I think, four of some of the most powerful words in all of Scripture. And if you could understand the importance of these words and apply them to your life, I guarantee you that your life will change. And not only yours, but your children's and your spouse's and your family's and your community's life will begin to change. If you break away from the mentality that you ought to be served, and instead you embrace the disposition of a servant, everything you know about your life will begin to change. Cast away your pride and everything in your life will begin to change. Embrace humility and begin thinking less of yourself and more of other people and everything else will begin to change. And so Jesus, you know, is in this situation and he's, he's calling his people to a life of humility and a life of service and a life of self-sacrificial love for the betterment of others instead of, you know, clamoring and clawing and fighting to get to the top. And he says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Friends, this is leadership. right? The person at the top willingly chooses to occupy the bottom. Life, Jesus says, is a race to the back of the line. Instead of crushing others with your power from above, we come underneath other people and we lift them up with our power and with our strength. And he would say, this is the way to live the fullest life. You want, you want a healthy life? You want an abundant life? You want a, a, a happy, healthy, abundant household? This is the way to get it. But remember, this isn't natural, right? Natural is selfish. Natural is me, me, me. Natural is I'm going to take. And if servanthood isn't natural, then it needs to be practiced and it needs to be developed and it needs to become natural. It needs to be cultivated if we are going to live naturally in this way in other words the life of servanthood the life of jesus in us the kingdom of god the seed of god's kingdom beginning in us needs to be practiced and needs to be cultivated you need to put yourself into intentional situations where you are giving yourself away you need to sign up for things in other words you need to volunteer for things you need to begin serving because it's not natural to do so and if it's not natural then it needs to be practiced you need to intentionally put yourself into positions where you get to serve. Practice is always going to proceed prosaic. And that's, oh, that's confusing, isn't it? Prosaic meaning like what, usual or normal? Oh. May, okay, that's confusing. Maybe, okay, so maybe the um, learning leads to lived. Is that better? Is that any better? Is that the next one? Okay. 
Learning leads to live. That's a little more clear. Okay, you got that. How about cultivating constructs character? Okay, I tried really hard on these guys. it, It took me a long time. The P one was really, really hard. If you want to be generous, in other words, this is all I'm trying to say. If you want to be generous, you have to practice generosity. You know this. It's not natural to be generous. You have to practice being generous. If you want to be faithful, if you want to be a faithful person, you have to practice trust. Putting yourself in situations where you get to stretch and work and exercise that faith muscle. If you want to be a servant, you have to practice being a servant. Put yourself in situations where you are a servant. And though there are a million ways to do this in the world, right here in this context, we have ample, meaningful environments where you get to practice, where you get to get involved, where you get to volunteer, where you get to serve. And though it is for the sake of our community, yes, to help us thrive as a church and to help make God's fame known throughout our community, it also has internal benefits for you when you serve here when you get involved, when you practice, because you are digging roots. Every time that you show up for something that you signed up for and you volunteered for, you are practicing being a servant. And you get to dig roots then down deep into the life of servanthood so that God's kingdom, his life in you will grow up. And what happens when that happens? You're healthier in your relationships. You're healthier in life. An abundant, joy-filled life will begin to overflow from you. And my friends, who doesn't want that we're going to take the next several minutes sharing various ways that you can get connected here at restoration church i've invited i think 11 of our volunteers to come forward and share about their experiences and what they oversee here so if you're one of those people come forward now this is going to be a good time i'm going to hand the mic over to them and i'm going to give them i've already given them instruction so they they know what to do and they know what to say I'm going to invite Stephanie to go first. When it's your turn, you guys can just come forward into the middle here because the cameras do need to see you. But. There is an order here, yeah. There's an order. Yeah. So. <laughs> Hi, my name is Stephanie Wood. Um, I am in charge of community engagement, which means that we, um, my team, we organize going out into the community taking RC out of the building and out to where the people are, right? Um, And we try to do that in a friendly, non-threatening way for people who might not be um, adventurous enough to check us out without an invitation. So we go to the Middletown Township Parade, and we hand out water and bracelets, and we just interact with the community. And that's a church-wide event. Like, we invite everybody in the church to come on out with us, You get a t-shirt, and we just walk the streets of Middletown. Um, And then we also do monthly um, events where we set up a tent at different um, community events, like the Bristol Stroll and Fawsington Day. And for that, I just need volunteers to sign up for, like, a two-hour shift, and you just hand out water, and you hand out free popcorn, and you just engage with the community. We have games for kids that will bring families in, and it gives people an opportunity to ask questions that they might have, like, what's the dress code at your church? I'm like, oh, you're fine. Wear whatever you want. Is your pastor, what's your pastor? Like, eh, he's cool. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're really welcoming church, and we just want to, like, portray that to people. So um, monthly we put out a sign-out, come up, sign up for us, 
and I'll you know, just wear a shirt and a smile, and you just invite people to feel God's love, to feel Jesus' love. So that's what we do. Uh, my name is Mackenzie Peshin, and I'm in the community events group. So I work with community events, and that is where we invite the community to come to our building, but not for a church morning, but more um, outside, like trunk or treat, welcome Christmas, and Easter extravaganza. So we invite them to be at our building, but not to force Jesus on them. Really, you just, if you want to be with us, you just have an inviting smile and be fun. So in the events group, it gives you the opportunity to meet new people and build your relationships with others outside of a Sunday morning. If you want to join our group, there are no special skills that you need. You could do crafts or the welcome team, or if you want to serve food, there's concessions. Um, all you have to do is be hospitable and friendly. So for the Easter extravaganza that's coming up in a few weeks, what we need you to do is invite people. Get those egging kits, like Ross and Emily said, and invite people. And then on March 30th, we're doing a prep party where you've just come stuff eggs with candy and talk with people around you. It's really easy. Anyone can do it. Filling candy, you probably get to eat a few pieces, which is always good. Um, then on the actual event, we need help with setup, concessions, and the welcome team. So if any of that interests you for the Easter extravaganza, you can sign up on the app. And if you want to sign up with any future events, you should do what Ross tells you to do in a couple minutes. <laughs> Um, this is a constant revolving team. There are always new people joining, and it's a great way to meet new faces and enhance your relationships with them. Good morning. I'm Chris Pickle. I'm the community care coordinator. I oversee shared meals and also loving on our elementary schools and our first responders. Shared meals is... Um, in our house, the second Friday in here, in this house, the second Friday of every month, we provide a hot meal to those in need in the homeless. This is so important to our community, even more so now because so many more people are in need. And it's fun. If you know how to cook a meal or set up tables and chairs or just talk to our guests, come. It's one night a month. And I set out themes, like last week it was an Irish theme for St. Patrick's Day, and the next one is April 14th, and I send out a sign-up with suggestions of dishes to make, and it's a lot of fun, and um, you can eat too, you can sit down after we serve others, we come after, and we sit down and talk with the people there and see if they need prayer or if they need anything. Also that night we have a um, small pantry which we help um, Eve Dahl and her husband Randy put that together and maintain that and that's to give out if some people need some canned items or a warm coat or shoes um, they can get that there and if you have donations, not a slew of them, but we'll put out there like what we're looking for, specific needs, and then you can fill, fulfill those needs. And then throughout the year, we love on the school teachers, the elementary school teachers to support them, show us that they're important in our community. 
and and sometimes they need uplifting so we send them gift baskets and if you like to shop you can come shopping with me or putting baskets together or even delivering them during the day if you're free um, we also do this throughout the year with the um, firefighters and for other first responders so you can sign up to do any of those things it's not a constant thing once a month you can sh step in and help hello i'm randy texter i feel like i came woefully unprepared i didn't have like <laughs> like you guys have done amazing um i am custodial building maintenance um as you can see this is i believe the only picture that i have julie set this up for me um we need custodial building maintenance um Particularly plumbers, I've learned, were underserved in the plumbing community. Um, so I think maybe I'll go to a plumbing job fair and see what I can get there. But, um, yeah, so uh, people that uh, like to clean, um, if you want anything that you can think of, uh, if you are a homeowner, like the church needs that too. So um, plumbing, electric, cleaning, uh, painting, things like that. I am a founding member of the Good Enough uh, Home Construction at 23 Nesting Rock. <laughs> Um, that, that branch. So, um, yeah, that's just, that's, that's what, what I do. Good morning, Paul Hansen. Hello. Um, you see community garden up there. I want to talk about, uh, I think a lot of people appreciate nature, really, uh, connect with God. And I'm thinking today I'm here talking about the community garden. It's 20 degrees colder and everyone's wearing winter coats. But, you know, the time will come. We know um, the season will be here. And we have a community garden here at church. And I think it's really neat to get involved in a garden. You can see things from seeds, little seedlings, all the way to completion in one season. So what we have is, in, if you've ever been in our back parking lot, we have a pretty large garden that runs alongside the pool. So it's a great way to get involved, and I'm inviting people to be involved with me. Now, you might like gardening, or you might not have any idea how to garden, and, and I'll teach you a little bit about gardening. But what we do is we grow produce, uh, a mix of produce, and we offer it to the community. We offer it to the church and the community. And it's it's... A blessing. We, we sometimes, we always take for granted what God gives us. And we have a beautiful facility. God gave us a beautiful location here between two sections in Levittown, a beautiful piece of land. And so we want to share that. So if you have a green thumb or if you'd like it to get a little green, I'd like you to join our team. What it involves is essentially we have a planning day. We're going to plant throughout this year, but a one big planning day. A little, a little maintenance, a little bit of weeding, a little bit of watering, and harvesting. And if we, we can get a group of people, we can get that together, and then we'll just set out the produce for everyone to, to enjoy. So we probably will be starting the first Saturday in May. So think about that. Again, you don't have to have experience. Uh, I'll be glad to teach you. My vision of this one thing is that we can expand it to your home garden that people growing things at their home have too much can bring and share here. So we probably have a lot of gardeners here, and so maybe we can even expand what we can produce here. Okay?
Hi, good morning. I'm Wayne Yarnell. Um, yeah, I am woefully unprepared on the slide. But yes, thank you. Th- whoever did that slide, thank you. Um, so yeah, it's 40 degrees outside and it doesn't seem like we're going to need to mow the grass anytime soon. Um, but you know, and I have all these great people up here who are talking about all these amazing things and then I come to talk to you about lawn care. But I mean, if the lawn looks bad and we're doing all these other things, what are we really doing? I mean, honestly. Um, so I am looking for, um, some helpers to, you know, to essentially take care of some of the trimming. Um, Paul has graciously volunteered to take care of all the mowing. So it's really just the trimming part, which is, um, yeah, it requires some effort. So if you're interested, please come and see me. Um, we have six people signed up now, but I would love to have 12, um, which would mean I would need, you know, someone every six weeks or so, which is really not asking too much. So please come and help um, because before we know it, it will be warm and the lawn will be growing. Thank you. Hello, my name is Susan, and I serve in hospitality. Hospitality includes uh, greeters at the front door and the back door. It's easier in the summertime than it is today. Today was very high. I felt sorry for the woman that was out front this morning. It was very cold. And also ushers inside the lobby and also on the side door here. Um, Also, it includes uh, the kids' uh, check-in connect uh, for uh, the the kids' ministry for downstairs. And all these different positions are for people who walk in our front door to feel comfortable and welcomed and want to come back. And, uh, And also the kids' ministry to feel the parents to feel comfortable leaving their children and, and not to worry about them. Uh, also, uh, in uh, hospitality, it includes setting up communion and, and taking down communion. Also, now we have the coffee in the back, so it includes uh, setting up for uh, the, uh, the coffee in the back. The last thing it, it includes is the connect in the back, connect here, for those new people that are that come to our church and uh, make them feel that they want to come back. Uh, all these things don't need a lot of talent. All you need is a smile and to be friendly and like to talk to people. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Josh Anderson, and I'm a volunteer with RC Kids and Kids Ministry. Uh, nice to be here. Uh, I was just downstairs this morning. I volunteer in the pre-K K classroom. Anybody hungry? <laughs> because we have snacks. <laughs> and I eat. Um, but in all seriousness, I got involved with kids ministry because I was looking for a way to get connected here at Restoration. Uh, I'm a father of three. My youngest is in the classroom uh, periodically with me uh, when she's with me, which is great. And, uh, you know, I think in terms of if you're looking for a way to get involved with the church, meet other people, it's a great way to do that, and also to make a great impact on kids and to learn a lot. Um, I, uh, I, I don't think you need any prior training. I mean, being a parent helps, I think, a little bit, especially for the younger ones, but I'd say the two things would be patience and punctuality. Uh, the punctuality piece, uh, <laughs> the, 
punctuality being important because everybody's arriving for church and dropping kids off, and if we don't have coverage, it creates kind of a conflict. But patience and punctuality being two uh, big things, and and it's a great way. I think so many of us have, um, you know, growing up get taught or learned for whatever reason that we don't have a loving God, and it's a great way to make a difference for kids and to create a very happy and welcoming uh, place for them, and it's a lot of fun, and you get to hear things like, I just got shots last night, or my dog's sick, or we're dealing with a goldfish issue, and <clears throat> it's all really cool and uh, a lot of fun, and we do need help. So the most needed volunteers, nursery assistant, toddlers leader, uh, pre-K, kindergarten, first to third grade leader and assistant, and the safety team, and the safety team is also a great way to get involved. Uh, that uh, is a little bit different than being in the classroom, so that's helping kids go to the potty a lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, that's all I have for today. Thank you. Hope you can get involved. Hi, it's me. Um, I'm Alicia, and I'm going to talk about VBS, which um, is so much fun, clearly. Uh, VBS Fun Shop is coming up, and that is where we get to play with some of our fun activities that we're going to do for VBS as adults. Uh, it is for us to help start the setup uh, for VBS and get to know what we're going to actually be doing for that fun week. Uh, we get to uh, make things and eat snacks and start some of the decorating and projects that need to be done for that awesome week in July. Uh, some of the things that we need for volunteers to do at VBS is uh, we need snack people, something simple as uh, behind-the-scenes snack prep. We also need crew leaders, and those are the people who get to spend their week with these kids in their lives, uh, teaching them all about Jesus and all about God's love and getting to pray with them and really getting to know them and form a relationship with them so that they feel comfortable with Jesus and they get to know all about him and his love. It's a great week for our community. It's a time where these kids who might not otherwise get to know about Jesus will come and get to hear all about him. And these are kids who don't necessarily come to restoration every week. Uh, these are kids who are just out in the world and need something fun to do for the week, and they get to come and spend it with us. Um, it's important that we get to reach these kids so that the, it's fun to learn about Jesus, and it's fun to come here and spend time here together. And it's simple and easy to volunteer. I think it's awesome to have the camaraderie with the other volunteers of the exhaustion. Um, you will be VBS tired like you've never been tired before, but it is so rewarding and so fun and such a great week. We really do our best to transform the um, entire church into a place where these kids want to be and have a lot of fun doing it. And even if you just like crafts or you just want to serve food, all of that is an option and it's all stuff that um, you can sign up for and it would be a great help. Hi, everybody. My name is Jerry Spoto, and I am a volunteer with Treehouse. Uh, I've been, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been volunteering for about a year and a half now. Um, so we have um, 
Wednesday nights, we hold support groups. And Sunday nights, we have Connect Group, which is a faith-based lesson. Um, these are generally held from 6.30 to 8 p.m., and they're for students from 6th through 12th grade. Um, I'm going to kind of speak from a volunteer perspective. Um, so, really, um, <laughs> uh, we are also, well, I'm sorry about that. We are in the uh, Pensbury Middle Schools as well, and I help facilitate those uh, support groups. Um, so, we have fun events, we have games, but after seeing how we provide support to our students and how we give them that voice that they don't feel they may have, um, we're there as a shoulder they can lean on. Um, and to show them that they are loved without strings, that they have a purpose and that they have a future is a very fulfilling feeling. Um, and it, it, it's made me, these students have helped make me a better person and a better role model for them and for our community. Um, I've only been with Restoration Church for two years, so I'm still growing. So using that and helping these students to also grow and learn and know God and also helps me know God better. Um, yeah. Um, so if you wish kind of like something like this was available when you were a teen, because there are just the crazy emotions as a teen that you go through and to have someone there to help and support you through that is just unbelievable. So um, with the ever-growing need for volunteers with Treehouse, um, if you feel called to help us end hopelessness in teens, which is our mission, please sign up to volunteer um, as we also expand into more school districts and here just at Restoration Church. Um, and if you would like some more information, please feel free to see our Treehouse leaders. Thank you. Hi, my name is Tim McCleary, and uh, I'm overseeing the AV team. And uh, hang on a second. Okay, so right now uh, there's there's not really anyone in the booth, um, so I'm just trying to to run this. Um, so, you know, maybe you're missing from the booth, um, and you can help us. Um, but seriously, uh, we have Josh and and Annabelle back there, and they're doing a great job. Um, but I'm just running this right now, so uh, hats off to them. But uh, the AV team isn't very visible. We sit in the back, um, but what we do is very important, and it's very visible. And our role is to ensure that the service runs smoothly so that everyone is able to uh, engage in what's happening and participate. So Sunday mornings, we have two, two roles. We have a video person that runs all the slides. They play the music and the videos. Uh, we have the audio and streaming person, which is our biggest need right now. Um, they run the soundboard, so all the, you know, making sure everything sounds good. Uh, they run the camera so that people from home, hey, everyone, 
uh, can see us, see what's going on, participate as well, and they run and monitor that live stream uh, for those people. So our needs are a video person. So can you click things? You can probably do this, all right? So literally, uh, you're just clicking to the next slide, to the next slide, to the next slide, clicking play on a video. It's fun. Um, audio streaming person, if you're good at juggling a bunch of tech things, like this, um, apparently not me, um, this is the role for you. But troubleshooting skills are essential, an ear for sound, um, but we could really use more people. Right now, it's, it's Josh and me. And so we're, we're alternating weeks and kind of juggling, you know, when, when each of us can be there. So uh, we could definitely use more people for that. But thank you. Hey, thank you all so much. Um, so these are just some of the volunteers we have leading various uh, ministries here at Restoration. But you, it obviously takes an army to accomplish all that we do. And so thank you all for the work that you do. Thank you all for those of you who volunteer for the work they do. Thank you so much. Really, 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 really quick to conclude our time together. We also have a prayer ministry that we are um, enhancing and starting. So if you love to pray, uh, click that box as well. If you want to sign up for any of these things, here's the QR code for you. This is the best way to do it. We're going to leave this up for the duration of the service. Um, click, simply put your camera up to that on your phone. You can sign up. Uh, it'll send you to a link. We have a hard copy of this in the back as well. If you want to do the old fashioned, let us know who you are, sign up for various roles. That is a great way to sign up. Again, this will be up the whole time. So scan that. Here is the final word. And then we're going to sing at least a small portion of one final song together. Jesus and his friends eventually make their way to Jerusalem to celebrate that Passover festival. And Jesus then washes his disciples feet. You guys have heard that story probably numerous times. And as he's doing so, right, he, the master of the universe, right, the creator of the world, he steps down and he bends low and he scrapes the filth off of his disciples' feet. Here's what he says. He concludes by saying this. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. No servant is greater than his master. No messenger is greater than the one who sent him. But now that you know that you ought to be a servant, you will be blessed if you serve. You will be blessed if you live as a servant. You will be, le- you will be blessed. You will be, uh, this word makarios, this word blessed, it means celebrated. You will, be, you will be congratulated. You will be excited. You will be filled with abundant life. There will be a well of abundant life and abundant joy welling up from within you, Jesus says. That's the promise he makes. If you become a servant, if you practice serving so that it is natural for you to serve, you will be happy because you did so. So I encourage you to scan this. If you want to get involved here, if you want to start practicing how to be a servant, a lot of great opportunities and great ways to do so here at Restoration. We're going to sing one final song together as we conclude our time. If you're willing and able, please stand, and then we'll be dismissed.